For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy Thursday, or whatever day you are listening to another edition of Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcasting Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals, not only in L.A., because they're expanding all over the country, maybe even all over the world. That's right, Believe Podcasting Network making a stand in the podcasting space. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast no matter where or when you listen. We appreciate you taking the time, and we hope you enjoy. Ryan Leaf, myself, Jonathan Rifkin, happy to be with you again for episode number 14. Pretty crazy. We're already uh, at this point in, in our podcasting journey together, Ryan. Week seven, two shows a week. Do the math, Oregon. <laughs> that's why I went to Oregon. No, that's that's the ancient joke. I went to Oregon to become a journalism major and to avoid math as much as possible. Same with me. I went to Washington State to become a broadcast journalism major, right? And here we are. Yep. Um, all right, so big slate of games on week eight following up a crazy week uh, seven. Two games featuring two ranked opponents. That is a really refreshing thing to see if you're a Pac-12 fan because how often do you get to see something like that with all the fluctuation in the polls, with all of the conversations going on, uh, and we'll certainly get to the nuances of that down the road in this podcast. But before we even begin... I have, a, I have a question, Ryan, and, and you could tell me I'm stupid, and I probably am. I probably am. But for the last few years, and when I had my radio show up in Oregon, I, I sort of brought this up a few times. Over the last few years, I've been feeling bad for Boise State. I've been feeling like Boise State has finally proven that they deserve to show what they've gotten at the Power 5 level. Do you think that there will ever be a chance for a Pac-12 expansion and for a team like Boise State to join the conference. Yeah, I do. Of course I do. I think that uh, uh, there's an opportunity for this co- this country to get uh, like a, a major, major group of six, like a group of six conferences. Um, and Boise State would definitely be in the mix there. Uh, luckily for me, I, I, I head for Provo, Utah today. And, uh, and have the uh, BYU-Boise State game Saturday night. So I'm going to get a first hand look at at that football team and what they're they're capable of doing because I really thought Hawaii after seeing them a few weeks ago was was going to make a a solid impact this weekend and no you know Boise State just beat them down with their with their third string quarterback second and third string quarterbacks so uh, they're a very good football team and yes I think if given the opportunity uh, they may you know do a very good job in the Pac-12 conference though I don't think they're ready to bite that bite that part of the uh, of the apple off quite yet because they'd have to do it every single week and not just get up for big games against Hawaii, maybe San Diego State, Fresno State every once in a while. Utah State. You know, they're going to have that game later on too. So we'll find out. We'll see how it plays out. But, but I wouldn't be surprised down the line. Yeah. Uh, there's some reallocation of, of conferences and, and to make it into one giant conglomerate rather than uh, a power five. Athletic Director Kurt Apsey of Boise State, if you are listening, 
Try to get that bid, I'm telling you. I want to see that football field in the Pac-12. Did you ever play at Eastern Washington, by the way, or ever go to play on that field? No. Uh, I've, I've seen it. I've watched it on TV, too, and it just it, it hurts my I eyes. I was about to say it. Hurts my eyes, and I think it'd be really difficult to call a football game, to be honest with you, especially with them running around in red uniforms. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch the blue field too. To be honest, yeah. you know, it it just is. Um, you know, they've they've branded themselves and marketed themselves because of it. But um, you know, I I I want to I want a uh, big stadium with a grass football field and and it be green. That would make me very very happy. <laughs> You like the, the bones of the stadium. That's what matters to you, Ryan. Uh, just to something to keep in mind for all those naysayers about Boise State who would argue that, oh, but they have to move to the Pac-12 in all sports. Well, guess what? Boise State's pretty darn competitive in just about every sport, not just football. I think they'd fared pretty well in volleyball, soccer, the non-rev sports, baseball. They're pretty good basketball. We know they beat Oregon two seasons ago. They're pretty phenomenal as well. So that's, that's the only piece I have about that. Let's get into week eight. UCLA-Stanford. Stanford... Come, oh, both these teams coming off a bye, actually. UCLA has a chip on their shoulder, both metaphorically and literally. They go up to Palo Alto against a 3-3 three and three Stanford team. UCLA is 1-5. What are we expecting from this game? Mind you, it's on ESPN. Good for them getting the ESPN slot on Thursday. I'll tell you what, this was slotted before the season even started, though. Because Matt Hasselbeck, who's think- calling the football game, told me, he said, we have two uh, UCLA games. You think there's buyer's remorse now on ESPN? Um, you know, I mean, people are going to, people are going to watch UCLA. Right. It's a brand. It's Chip Kelly. Uh, you know, it's Stanford. It's David Shaw. Stanford just upset a Washington team, gets a bye. Maybe they're kind of making a bit of a resurgence. Um, and also I think each week UCLA plays, everybody's going to be watching to see if this football team can find a way to win another football game. Because if they go one and 11 and Chip Kelly has won four games in his first two years, I don't know what that means. So for this, I'm going to be just looking to see what kind of improvements UCLA has made. But more importantly, I'm looking to see if Stanford can continue with what they did in that game against Washington. Because if that's the case, they could be a thorn in the side of somebody down the stretch in the Pac-12 North. That game's at 6 o'clock. Stanford, UCLA. Davis Mills is projected to start. He hasn't been terrible. 890 yards on 71 completions so far this game, or this season, excuse me. Um, of course, it's going to really come down to, I think, Cameron Scarlett out of the backfield, who probably will run all over UCLA. Um, but we'll see how the Bruins can respond up in Palo Alto again Thursday, ESPN, 6 o'clock. All right, Saturday. No Friday game this week for, for the Pac-12. It's Thursday and then Saturday. The morning game. Cal, Oregon State on the Pac-12 network. Cal's going to take care of business. Ten and a half point spread. I know that there's no... I, I don't think that Garbers is playing. Um, and if that is indeed the case, I think they still cover. I think that defense is going to be just impossible for Jake Luton and company to, to beat. Well, I mean... Maybe not impossible, but it's highly improbable in my mind. With what Utah was able to do to Oregon State, um, I think says more about Utah than it does about Oregon State. I think they are up and coming. I think Jonathan Smith is one of the most innovative offensive play callers there are out there in the Pac-12 conference. and So I, I do think that if uh, um, Chase Garbers isn't able to go, I think it, it could make for a more competitive football game. But having said that, I, I think this is a great opportunity for Devon Monster uh, if he's able to go to, to get better, to get some reps, and let the defense and Evan Weaver do their job and, uh, and play a good football game. Ultimately, Cal continuing on, gets a big win after a couple 
tough losses against Arizona State and Oregon before the bye. It'll be interesting to see how Cal refines their offense to fit the new scheme if Garbers doesn't play. Because that's, I think, the biggest thing, is that Garbers was so good this year, the progressions that he made was not just because he became a better quarterback, he started to play within himself, but because Coach Wilcox and everybody in the upper echelon of that organization formatted the offense for him. And I think that that's what the big change was offensively for Cal. Now that there's a chance that he doesn't play, it'll be interesting, at least for me, from my perspective, to see how the offensive scheme changes. They probably go with the tandem running game again. They're probably relying on it a little bit more. But I, again, I don't see them coming out of this game with a loss. I don't see it, Oregon State really hanging in there, especially in, in Berkeley. But I'm, it's just the dynamic. I'm interested to see how the offensive dynamic may shift if Garber, Garbers doesn't play. Because at this point, it's, it's now toward, we're getting towards the, the second half of the season. You're trying to develop the talent that you know will be coming back next year. You're trying to figure out the schemes that work. And to lose your, your starting quarterback, a guy who's, again, going through progressions, making big strides uh, since he won the starting job last season, is a big deal. And they need to figure out a way, I think, to be able to, to build the chemistry without him should he not play. I think that's a lot of information in a game where I think it comes down to simply whether Cal's defense continues to do what they've done uh, the entire year and, and, and really stymie offenses. And, and that, I think, is going to be the answer for a while right. until Chase Garbers is fully entrenched back in there at the starting position. All right, let's move on. 12.30, the game. That I opened our last podcast, I said my bias is going to be shown this week. Oregon, Washington, I will not rule out Washington winning this game because I'm not that stupid. But I'm stupid enough to, enough to believe that Oregon will probably go into Seattle. They're not only going to cover the three-point spread. I think that they're going to make it a, a much larger win than th- because of the defense, because of now Herbert's ability with a healthy core of wide receivers because finally Marcus Arroyo is calling the right plays at the right time. The pieces are fitting in for Oregon to go and win this game. I know Jacob Breland's out. I know that's a big loss because he's the safety net for Herbert, especially against the cover two, but it doesn't phase me a bit. Jacob Eason's good, and, and, and he's going to be an NFL quarterback, but I don't think he's... I don't think the team even with him at the helm, will be good enough to overcome what Oregon is going to take to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be... You've it, done such a good job keeping, letting me keep the faith. I got here because of you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you're going to have a tough Saturday. It's uh, um, the fact that it's a three-point favorite as a home football, uh, as a dog, as a, as a home football team is, is a huge chip. Uh, Jimmy Lake comes up with an unbelievable game plan that stymies Oregon. Oregon cannot win the big football game. They just have not been able to do it under Mario Cristobal. Uh, Auburn game was another example of that. I think it's a. Uh, it doesn't mean their season's over. Um, they won last year against Washington and didn't win the North. Uh, but I think they walk out of Seattle with uh, their second loss of the football season. Wow. Uh, 27-24, Washington wins that football game. So what about, you said that Jimmy Lake will have that game plan, that Oregon won't be able to really. What about, how do you foresee that going? I, I think he, he plays what he does best, and that is that he drops back into coverage and keeps everything in front of him, and he's got the players to come up and make tackles, and he's going to make Justin Herbert one-dimensional throwing the football. And if they're not able to run the football, uh, they're going to have a tough time scoring. I think defensively, um, Oregon does a a great job, but um, I think they run the football well. I think that they found 
uh, a new um, gear at the wide receiver position uh, this weekend, and I think they found something in the second half against Arizona that makes this a very difficult situation. I think it's going to be a highly competitive football game, very similar to last year that could come down to a field goal, but I think Washington finds a way to win it when it's all said and done. Do you think this game will play out better? And there's a reason I'm asking, but I'm not going to say it yet. Do you think this game will play out better than the Penn State-Michigan game? And you probably can figure out why I'm asking this question. Um, You mean in terms of competitiveness? Into, yeah. I mean, if, if I watch the Oregon-Washington game and I watch the Penn State-Michigan game, which game will I walk away saying that was the better game? Oh, you're going to walk away with the, the Washington-Oregon game by far. Uh, Penn State's going to drub Michigan. Uh, they probably beat them by... 21 points, I bet. So why is college game day not at Washington, Oregon? Why are they in? I know it's a whiteout. I know it's a rivalry game. They should be in Seattle for this. Um, they may, they, they maybe should be in Seattle right now. But there's a lot of things that go into the logistics part of right. it, you know, and, and going all the way to the furthest most part of the northwest part of the country can play into that when uh, all their equipment and everything is, you know, right, right. there, set, yeah. you know, located. I, I get that. You know, there's a lot of great football games. I think that you could honestly say, let's go, let's go. To, to Utah and put in Utah for Arizona State Utah this weekend you know I think that's in the south but they're just you know the national conversation doesn't revolve around uh, the Pac-12 conference right, right. now it's and seriously. it's not going to help to have Washington win this football game this weekend either it's going to compete in the idea that we'll continue to call them the conference of cannibalism if this happens um, best thing for the conference is for Oregon and Utah to run the table and play in an epic Pac-12 championship that gives you a one loss uh, champion that would be the that would be the greatest thing for this conference to happen. I just don't know. For the next for the next six weeks, both these teams, Utah and Oregon, have to go 12-0. and 0. Can you imagine a Pac-12 team uh, combined going 12-0 and 0 over the next six weeks? No. It, it, it doesn't seem real. Like I don't know if, it's ever, if it's happened since the early 2000s. In my lifetime with, with what USC was doing, I'm sure it happened when you were at Washington State back in the, in the late 90s and what you were able to do there. But, no, I can't remember the last time in recent memory that happened in the Pac-12. It's going to be difficult. Um, I'm just – I'm really looking forward to the football game. I'm yeah. Gonna, you know, luckily for me, my game's not until, uh, you know, 8, 8.15 local kick. So I'm going to be – I'll have a good chance to, uh, to check out this football game on Saturday. So I'm excited for that. 12.30, ABC, Washington, Oregon. It's going to be an interesting one. You know, you bring up the idea of, of – Pac-12 needs to, between the two teams, needs to go 12 straight. They, there's going to be a one-loss Pac-12 team. Last episode, we talked about, uh, you talked about a little bit, and I meant to ask this, and I want to ask this now. Uh, you know, the SEC, two-loss SEC team versus a one-loss Pac-12 team, how does that veer in terms of the college football playoff? What about the scenario of uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin with one loss in the Big Ten. Wisconsin either losing to Ohio State in the regular season and beating them in the Big Ten championship or vice versa. How would the how would a one-loss Pac-12 team, if an undefeated Oregon, except for that one loss to Auburn, wins the Pac-12 and you have a one-loss Wisconsin team and a one-loss Ohio State team, how does Oregon get a shot at getting into the college football playoff still or does the Big Ten get the benefit of the doubt with that? Well, the Big Ten will get the Big Ten champion in there, which depending, like you said, if Wisconsin loses the regular season game and then wins the Big Ten championship, I think Wisconsin gets in. And they leave Ohio State out, or does Ohio State also get in? No, Ohio State gets left out. Right. And then the Pac-12, again, is – is I don't know if they take a, a one-loss Big Ten champion over a, a one-loss Pac-12 champion. That's going to be the question. Because I, I do think Clemson and Oklahoma go undefeated. And then you're not going to leave out an SEC champion. Right. So then it comes down between a Big Ten champion – and a um, Pac-12 champion, and then you got to throw Notre Dame into the mix with one loss to a Georgia team. 
that could be in the mix. So then you're, you know, then 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 the committee's in a in a in a pickle, right? There may be a, a another one loss SEC team. You know, LSU could be sitting there with one loss and doesn't play in the SEC championship. You could have an Ohio State team with one loss. You could have a Notre Dame team with one loss. All these things can be true. So uh, the scenarios are going to play out the way they are. I, I I do think that Wisconsin has a defense that could make a difference this year. I'm just I'm just worried that you know Ohio State's just too good and Ohio State's the the team and and everybody else is playing for one playoff spot and it most likely is going to go to uh, the SEC champion, uh, which I don't think is a far-fetched thing thing to think that that happens. So we'll see how it plays out. This week's the first start. We get two top 25 matchups in the Pac-12 conference, which is going to be super exciting for me and and for everybody watching, I think. Let's move on to that next top 25 matchup in the Pac-12. I have one more off-brand question, but we'll get to it in a second. Uh, Utah, Arizona State, 13 versus 17, 3 o'clock. Pac-12 Network, why is this game not? I know they schedule these things out ahead, but... Uh, you got to you got to put that game on national. No, TV. it was a poor choice. Yeah, you're talking about 80 million. Even you throw it on ESPN two, 80 million eyes on it, or 17 million eyes on the Pac-12 network. Right. This is kind of the whole the whole scenario of of eyeballs looking at uh, two of your best football teams, and and they're not going to. But I think it's going to be a very good football game. The fact that it's in Salt Lake City makes a big deal. Uh, the weather could be pretty cold. You got uh, the Sun Devils having to come up and play in that kind of weather. Um, Utah is playing as good as as anybody right now. Zach Moss got some experience back in in the in a game, some game experience without not having to play a bunch, and is ready to roll. Right. Tyler Huntley has been as good as anybody in the Pac-12 conference when it terms in terms of um, of completion percentage, um, value at the quarterback position, um, and everything that still has yet to throw an interception. So I, I think that bodes really well for this Utah team. I think they figure out a way to beat uh, Arizona State. It's unbelievable to see how many close games Herm Edwards coaches in. I think of all the games he's coached, only two games have not been a one-score football game so far at Arizona State. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's a close football game at the end. And when you have a close game where it's one possession, anything can happen. And Arizona State could find a way to win. But most likely, I think Utah in its defense, uh, after that uh, you know, after that punch in the mouth against USC a few weeks ago, has, you know, found their way and is going to be the South team to beat down the stretch. 14-point spread on that game. What's your take? Oh, you that's think, a lot of points. You, you think that weather plays a part in that? Probably plays a little bit, but also the, the stat I just gave you about Herm Edwards within seven yeah, it points. It doesn't make sense. That's doesn't make thinking. sense right. to me. So it's probably going to play into my pick there, and, and it might be one where I take Arizona State plus the points because I think it's going to be a, a game where where Herm Edwards keeps it close. He's going to limit possessions. He's going to do the thing he does. He's going to make it an NFL ugly football game. And that's how he's found a way to win football games and only have one loss so far this season. Before we get to the final game, by the way, again, Utah-Arizona State, 13 versus 17, 3 o'clock Pac-12 Network. Uh, Before we get to that last game on the Pac-12 slate, no late game, no Pac-12 after dark. Uh, That's not true. We haven't gone to Arizona-USC either. That's 6.30, and it's not an ESPN, so it's not even a Pac-12 after dark game. But uh, who's your Heisman to this point in the season? Uh, Joe Burrow. you know he's played as good as anybody he's beaten two quality opponents in texas and in florida uh i have joe burrow at one jalen hurts at two two at three right now just because i don't know if two has played any big time games texas a&m win last week was big but he's going to get into it he can put himself right in the mix with wins against georgia wins against lsu wins against auburn things like that that's where he starts to put himself 
in that position. Jalen Hurts has done exactly what he's needed to do. He's put up better numbers than the two previous Heisman Trophy winners. But Joe Burrow, right now, if the, if the trophy was being handed out, it would go to him. Does Jonathan Taylor make your top five? I, I wish it would. The Heisman Trophy has become a quarterback award. Just, it's just it's a quarterback award. Uh, unfortunately for Jonathan Taylor, the fact that he didn't break the 100-yard mark last week I think almost puts him out of the conversation. Though, but they played Michigan State. I mean, that defense, you can't run against that defense. It doesn't matter. You, 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 for how many carries he had, you got to – Yeah, for, 21 for, what, 86 or something like 80, that? 80, I think. Yeah. So, you know, that's they won. They won big, and that's all that's important. And he made a point to me when I talked to him a few weeks ago. He said, we continue to win. My name's going to be – his name's going to be in the conversation, yeah, right. right? He's probably going to be around a 2,000-yard uh, season once again running the football, and that's going to put him in the conversation. It's not going to put him in a position – to win the game unless games like the say he goes out against Ohio State and runs for like 300 yards or something like that then all of a sudden his name is right back in the mix and we can have that conversation but it's become a quarterback award the running back award of course is the Doak Walker he's going to win that but this has become about the quarterback and the Heisman Trophy uh, you know is is all about it and right now Joe Burrow is the guy uh, that de- that's most deserving of it right now do you think that 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 in the idea around the Heisman needs to change. I know Derrick Henry recently won it. He's the most recent running back to win it. Derrick Henry, I think I said Henry. Um, do you think that the idea then, the perception around the uh, award needs to change, or do you think that it's it should just stay the way it is and it'll it'll sort of be cyclical? Well, you'd love to you'd love to see it become the best college football players award, like an MVP type thing. Yeah, but I don't think it is. I mean, it's it's football in general is about the quarterback. Pro football, college football, it just is, and. Uh, Ironically enough, the year that uh, I was invited to the Heisman Trophy, a defensive player won it for the first and only time ever. Who was it? Charles Woodson. So, (laughs) uh, you know, Randy Moss and Peyton Manning were the other finalists with me. So it was a pretty good class, uh, really cool to be a part of. But it's it's become and and will be, I think, a quarterback award, and especially with this year, the quarterbacks that are playing so well. Justin Fields is in the mix. uh, Trevor Lawrence is in the mix. Those guys are still there in the mix as well that, that contribute to what the Heisman Trophy is going to play out, and there's a lot of great games ahead of us. A dark horse Heisman candidate coming into this season, though his team has dropped off, and unfortunately he will not be in the conversation, Will be Anth- or is Anthony Gordon. He'll be taking the gridiron at 4 o'clock on ESPNU against Colorado. Washington State has no excuse to lose this game. Uh, no, they don't. Not after the, the beating that Colorado had and the improved performance, I guess you could say, about Washington State uh, at home. Uh, to get that, I mean, that hangover from that UCLA game is still lingering quite, quite prevalently. But I think they find a way to win this football game and 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 start to kind of uh, rebuild uh, the expectation the expectations of a season that they had before the second half of that UCLA game. Final game on the Pac-12 docket, 6:30 on the Pac-12 network. USC Arizona at the Coliseum. I, I think USC offensively obviously is better, but I'm not going to rule out Arizona in this game. I think you could rule out Arizona. I think at home, USC is just really, really good. They're a different football team when they go on the road in comparison to who they are at home. I think they dominate this football game. Arizona starts to go that slide. Uh, I I had them in a position where they were at, and I had them uh, go on two three-game losing streaks. And this is the second game in that three-game scenario I'm talking about before Oregon State and then after to finish the season. So I had them going 6-6. Six and six. There's a very good chance they get back to that, that spot. USC uh, wins this football game going away. Keaton Slovis uh, continues to improve and be, kind of become that quarterback that uh, I think USC, USC fans are, are hoping he, he continues to become. Six Pac-12 games on the slate, which means every Pac-12 team is in action. You can catch Ryan Leaf on ESPNU. Boise State at BYU, number 14 Boise State. 
Oh, ESPN2, excuse me. Wow, bad plug. ESPN2, don't watch ESPNU. Watch <laughs> ESPN2, 7.15 Pacific time. BYU hosting Boise State. Enjoy the six games on the Pac-12 slate. We will be back on Tuesday and Thursday with another pair of Pac-12 breakdowns. But until then, for Ryan Leaf, my name is Jonathan Rifkin. Rate, review, and subscribe. And a special thanks to all of our friends here at the AT&T DirecTV studio headquarters in El Segundo, California, for allowing us to use Rich Eisen's green room. Pretty cool stuff. Ryan, have a great call. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll be back on Tuesday. This has been Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcasting Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.